0: A tough quick release buckle for our messenger bags, so we pulled a seatbelt buckle out of a car at the junction.
1: Get off the fucking car! Hey, Dickless, Get off the fucking car! Hey, fuck suck! Get your slippery fucking ass off the car!
2: <laughs>
1: oh.
0: I. I. I... Uh, I uh, got my start I was the first writer uh, Hired on uh, a show called Seinfeld When I was 15 years old Um, And It actually at the time I pitched what would become The name of the show It was going to be called Mr. Seinfeld Um, From there uh, I did a couple years on the Barry Sanders show At the same time And uh, after that I sort of wanted to get out of the business for a while Work on stuff that was just For me
1: You'll compromise this again. No, oh, you won't. You'll go back to the hospital. John, answer me. Countless people will die. Alicia, please put the phone down. I can't let that happen. Yes.
0: Hello.
1: Hi, honey. Dr. Rosen, is he in? Is Dr. Rosen in? That's a great question. But here's an even greater one. You stand before two new seemingly identical multiple-unit housing developments in your rapidly gentrifying neighborhood in Los Angeles, California. Two city council members greet you, each standing at the doorway of one of the buildings. The city council members are identical twins. One building is mixed-use, with plans for businesses on the ground floor and median income-level family apartment units throughout. The other building is LEED certified and will also feature ground floor businesses, but the apartments above it are a 60-40% mix of expensive luxury one-bedroom condos and affordable, rent-controlled three bedrooms priced for Los Angeles residents earning below 40% of the citywide median income one of these city council twins always tells the truth while the other always lies what do you ask them before you make a decision regarding which building will be completed quote in your backyard unquote did i mention that there is no underground parking facility in either of the new buildings but that residents of either building will be given on street parking permits in the same zone where you park your own car Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast, you nice, smart, fun, funny and cool screedlers. This is Staffan Lee, the Podcast Studio Manager. We've got a very useful episode for you this week, with one of the minds behind the Hollywood Handbook Podcast, Hayes Davenport. And guess what? Sean fucked up the recording. LOL. But it was still salvageable. I'll let his raggedy ass explain what happened. So, let's turn it over to your borderline humiliated host, Sean J. Patrick Carney.
2: I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 65 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. I was extremely excited to get to speak with my guest this week, as I have been a longtime listener of uh, his own podcast, Hollywood Handbook, and his more recent venture, the L.A. Podcast. And I've admired his writing for shows like Vice Principles and The Eastbound and Down. He's also written for some shows that I haven't seen, like Divorce, and for some shows that I'm now supposed to say I don't think are funny, like Family Guy. Uh, I'm talking about Hayes Davenport, Screedlers. He was passing through New York on a trip back from Italy, and I managed to get in touch with him at the perfect time. I was thrilled that he was willing to stop by. Now, as Lee mentioned in the uh, intro, I uh, made a mistake. Hayes and I did a quick sound check at the beginning, and when I played it back, it literally sounded just fine, so we jumped in and recorded the conversation, um, and it was only, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes after he'd left, and I went to play back the track before I exported it, and it was then that I realized that I had somehow inadvertently changed my audio input driver, and I recorded the entire fucking thing through the external microphone on my laptop. Pretty embarrassing, right? Well, uh, I messaged Hayes, and I told him what happened, and he was super cool about it. We both thought that it was a pretty fun conversation, and we'd gotten to spend the better part of the episode, um, like... The entire second half talking about one of his primary concerns outside of comedy, which is uh, politics surrounding the housing crisis in Los Angeles um, and just local politics in general in in that city. He's he's kind of a freak for it. Um, but so Hayes told me to go ahead and release it anyways. Uh, I, I did a lot of tinkering. Uh, to the audio, what I could get out of it, it still isn't up to uh, the usual human the abject standards. But I showed it to a couple friends, and they told me to just chill the fuck out, uh, and that after you listen to it for a little bit, you just you don't even really notice. Um, I still notice it; it's bugging the shit out of me. But whatever. Uh, apparently, there are plenty of podcasts that consistently sound twice as bad. So. Oh, my apologies for less than ideal recording. But I guess uh, all the post-production stuff I tried to do has gotten into a place where at least it doesn't sound insane. I think it's at least listenable. Um, So thanks a million to Hayes for being generous with his time and for not making me feel like a Chauncey for the slip up. And if this is your first time listening to Humor in the Abject, uh, it's a podcast about contemporary art uh, and comedy and where those two worlds overlap, uh, and I swear to fucking God, it usually sounds much, much cleaner. So, you know, listen to any other recent episode and uh, you'll see what I mean. But uh, if this is your first time, welcome. If you are a returning listener, thanks again for uh, coming back. And uh, I guess that's definitely enough for me. So here is my embarrassingly produced conversation with the one, the only, Hayes Davenport. Uh, Hayes Davenport, welcome to Humoring the Object. Thank you for joining oh, me today. Oh, thank
0: you, Sean. <laughs>
2: um, so, you call Los Angeles home. Yes. Uh, how's this visit to New York City treating you this is,
0: I, uh, I'm just passing through. I was in Italy oh. uh, for two
2: weeks. What were you doing there?
0: Uh, it was a family vacation with my in-laws and my parents. Whoa. In succession.
2: Oh, back to back. Yeah. So my I... in-laws go every year
0: to Tuscany. They have this place that they have have like a friend that they stay with for okay. for like a week. And we went to visit them and then my parents came out to do like a separate little thing. There's a little jealousy. I like yeah. interparental <laughs> jealousy. So Uh, We weren't going to get away with, like, doing just one of these.
2: Yeah. And so... That's a bold trip, though.
0: Yeah, it was long, fun, nice memories, a lot of good pictures. Uh, But now uh, Sean and I are doing a show for the show Hollywood (laughs) Handbook that we do in uh, Chicago... On Thursday, and I'm just passing through. Oh, cool. Seeing friends.
2: We did, my girlfriend Claire and I did a back-to-back family reunion one time. One in the Upper Ooh. Peninsula of Michigan, and yeah. then one in uh, Paul Ryan's hometown, Janesville, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Did sort of a tail end on each, and everybody that we told um, told us that we were insane for doing that, but you you went international. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, That's big. You and your girlfriend are both from... Did you meet out there? You no. Met
2: here? We met here in New York, and she's sure, from... Who our, else would be with she either just, of you? <laughs> she's just family in Janesville, and I saw Paul Ryan's house. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like on the top of a hill. It's kind of like a McMansion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Mr. Up. Potter's Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you... But you're originally from the East Coast, right? Massachusetts? Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts. Okay, and you went to school at Harvard? Yes. Have you ever been to... Uh, that's a cool way to... You know, people do the joke of like, what?
0: I, I went to school in Boston, but I like that that <laughs> use of it. Like, I went to school at Harvard.
2: <laughs> have you ever been to Sacco's Bullhaven and Flatbread Company in Somerville? No. You haven't been candle pin bowling?
0: I have been candle pin bowling, but you can
2: do it other places. Well, that's the only place I've ever seen it. Uh,
0: yeah, it's worse. It's harder to do. You can only basically knock down like one or two pins you at a like time. It? It's oh, I, amazing I, I, how it works, where you just hit you the just ball like dead center, yeah. and it just knocks down like one yeah. little pin.
2: And there's no gutter, I think.
0: The I don't re- you know what I don't remember. Is yeah. there no gutter? I don't think there's a gutter, and you just oh throw okay. It. Well, that part of it is, but easy, you get to throw it three times,
2: yeah, which do. is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And you get to be Daniel Plainview while you do it. With the... Oh yeah, his was <laughs> candle pen. Right,
0: harder to. Uh, Break someone's skull with. Yeah. Hard yeah. to get a grip.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's Paul Dano, he's a very yeah. soft. Yes. F- the, f- the top part is flat. <laughs> yeah. is that of fontanelle? <laughs> <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> the only reason I know what that is that it's pre crush have you, have you ever seen the movie Way of the Gun? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. okay. I, mean, yeah. I was in high school. And, yeah. I like, right. got right. in high school yeah. in 2002. Got the intro scene with Sarah Silverman Where yeah. she's screaming at them And she's talking about baby Fontanella Fucking baby heads yeah. or something that's, Yeah,
0: the way normal
2: people talk That great Chris Macquarie
0: dialogue <laughs> That just comes out so naturally um, And then of course the men kill her Yeah,
2: they, Ryan Phillippe hits her in the face I think, no, Benicio does
0: Oh, that's right, they just punch her Yeah, they just block her in. punch her
2: For anybody who hasn't heard it, could you talk briefly, what is Hollywood Handbook?
0: Oh, please don't make me Just do a that.
2: little bit. Can you do it? Can I, oh, can I say the thing? I wonder if I can say the thing. No, no, I no, don't it. say
0: the thing. Do you but think I could? I would, I would prefer, I, I, I like hearing how other people, not like, it's impossible to kind of pin down exactly what it is. Uh, but um, you want me to describe it. Yeah, okay, I, like because I we've drifted so far from our original premise. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say when people ask what it is anymore, and I don't want to tell them. like I don't want them to ask me, I don't want to tell mm-hmm. them because I don't want them to listen. <laughs> I don't want them to like show up in the most recent episode yeah. and be like, I hate this. Like this, re- this is asking so much of me to get involved. Yeah. Uh, why did, de- you know, why?
2: I guess if you weren't uh, a regular listener and you just, uh, let's say tuned into the, the Joe Mandy one where you just, played yeah George that Barnes. one is actually has a lower
0: barrier to entry
2: than, than
0: most i feel like we kind of explain what is happening yeah, in that one yeah.
2: Anyway. i guess it's a well okay
0: and i would say this it's not like trying to be like avant-garde or anything mm-hmm. that it's so difficult to listen to it's just laziness and not knowing how to bring people into the show yeah. in like a, a nice way
2: i guess if i had to describe it it's i mean periodically you do interviews with your friends yeah, We're usually. Period. Every, every episode. Every episode. Yeah. I've heard a couple where you don't, though, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Sometimes exactly you just too. read mean comments on iTunes, or
0: we have done that. Call, c-
2: listeners call in sometimes. Yeah, that's right. It's been a while. Though, yeah, but really. those are our friends too. <laughs> um, I guess it's a show where you talk to interesting people. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah. It's a show where you. I have the facade of being two people who are Hollywood A-listers. Yeah. And the premise is that you're going to teach the listener how to get to the level of success that the two sort of character, the exaggerations of yourselves that you play in the show have achieved. Yeah. But there are layers and layers and layers of uh, in-jokes, mispronounced words, and things like that. But
0: that was kind of the original thing. I get, yeah, it was like a parody of uh the comedy interview podcast yeah. this show it's a parody of this show
2: it came out before it so yeah. maybe this is a <laughs> a return to form this is a parody of the par- no but i think it's but it's weird and i think the reason that it's hard to describe though is because it's not a i don't know like i suppose somebody would just throw the word uh that it has like that it's ironic or something but i don't i, I don't know i don't know if that word applies to it because it kind of is its own little universe like it doesn't seem
0: yeah i mean yeah i guess people use ironic now just to mean like it um is not sincere yeah which is not what ironic really means i don't think
2: i think both of you seem very sincere
0: we are until people are, like, mad at us for what we said. But then it's like, they're their characters. We're just, we don't mean anything, you know.
2: What happens on the pro version? I, I haven't heard it. I, I, I don't have Four ninety nine a month. It's on Stitcher Premium. I think
0: with our, well, people online seem to be finding... All manner of ways around. I'm sure. In the comment threads for our show, they're very brazen about <laughs> being like. So I uploaded every episode to this Dropbox. <laughs> uh, here you go. Spread it far and wide. Um, it's just uh, it's just me and Sean. Sean and I used to do these longer, yeah. uh, like the one where we talked about iTunes reviews. Uh, these longer introductory bits at the beginning of the show, and eventually the interviews got so long that we just started doing those really. In the in the
2: did you make the and- person sit there during the whole time that you two would just talk at the beginning? No, no, they're not just sitting. Do there. you? Do I? No, you don't. I didn't even do an intro. But people
0: always ask, which
2: is weird. Like people,
0: people come in. I feel like
2: Scott Ackerman makes people sit there while he does an intro. He does, yeah,
0: he does, and then he gets very prickly if you (laughs) if you try (laughs) and jump in on it. (laughs) We have a way. We're trying to do the show. The show's very successful, and I don't think we need to change how we do it right now.
2: Uh, Will this come out in? oh great it'll be dads and grads when this comes out yeah i guess that'll be his yeah whatever big season for him. tip deep in june or yeah. whatever the yeah the joke that's been going for six years um but uh so actually much. but oh, hollywood handbook good. actually has a very special place in my heart because you before we started you had mentioned something about like the first time that uh you and sean were on comedy bang bang and i for one reason or another, I didn't hear that episode, but I just started dating Claire. Okay. And I had told her about... we. Were Some like, people
0: have, like, love song, their mm-hmm. first dance. This is... this You is, seem yeah. to have a love
2: pod. A love pod, yeah. And so we were saying, you know, what podcast do you like or whatever? And I was like, oh, I like this show, Comedy Bang Bang. And she started listening to it. And then she was texting me and she said, these two guys were on it oh. who are, like, insane. And she's like, I started listening to their show. And she was like, you should listen to it. And I started listening to it and at first I couldn't, now I, I don't know how I couldn't tell your voices apart, but I, just yeah, like a lot of things you can't tell, theirs, but now it seems very clear, but it took me like an episode or two to kind of like understand what was going on and like yeah. get into it or something. Then I was like, if this person thinks that this is as funny as, as I'm finding it, then, then we must have, you know, spark. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So just, just letting you know you know weird it's not the we, we don't talk about this but it occurred to me you know that that's that that was one of the earliest like exchanges that we had of like a shared thing really she told me to listen to hollywood handbook
0: at but after a you, woman had
2: told me to listen,
0: <laughs> years ago i love hearing that yeah yeah <laughs> Doesn't happen that often. What I usually see is like I went on a long car trip with my girlfriend and tried to get her. I played ten episodes of Hollywood Handbook for her and she didn't laugh one time.
2: Well, now there's come town for that. You know, I, interestingly, a lot of people in New York. um, I don't know if I'm surprised to learn this, but a lot of people that I talk to who are like kind of serious art people yeah. will just casually mention that they listen to your podcast. Oh, that's kind great! Of blows my fucking. I love mind, that. I guess because I, I was just like, oh.
0: That's awesome.
2: And maybe I also believe that because it's constantly being told to both of you that it's not popular, that it's not popular, but I don't... We think that talk about it
0: on the show a lot, how unpopular it is. <laughs> and and I think in the... It's only compared to, like, the big Earwolf shows that it's yeah. really not popular. Yeah. Uh, what? Wait. No, yeah, it is. N- I, well, I mean, like... Well, not WTF, I guess. Well, Comedy Bang Bang, I think, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, that and How Did This Get Made on Earwolf do at least like half a million listeners a week or something like that Jesus. between maybe like 300,000, half a million. And we do, we probably average around like 40 or 50, which is a lot. Man. Like it's yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, like I, I think in the scale of podcasts in general, that's, Pretty good, good. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like a blockbuster show. Well,
2: that's like those people's job. That's like his job. So, you you know, you guys. Yeah, and I'm doing all this other stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Did you. So. Did you guys meet on uh, writing for Alan Gregory? Yeah, which was an animated. That short... was an
0: animated show that John lasted Billy. for one second. One yeah. second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I had gone to see Sean uh, do uh, UCB stuff before that. He was on a weekly improv show that I it was like just a show that everyone loved. And, yeah. I mean, the scene in LA is very different from here. You know, like the people who come on your show, I feel like there's much more of an intersection with like the art. Yeah. Community here, where there is like none of that in LA. I mean, there's like a few people that drop posters for people's sure, shows yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm not really involved in any of these scenes. I just kind of like see them from afar. But in LA, there's just like a few UCB shows that people go to, basically. And yeah. Sean's was one of them. This was at the time Ooh. when Donald, when I, before I first met, him with Donald Glover was in this show, Shitty Jabs. Ben Schwartz is still in it, and uh, DC and uh, Dom Dierkus also from a comedy mm-hmm. Uh so they were all on this show together that was very popular. So I knew of Sean. You'd heard of him. I've seen him. Seen him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh I'm sure there have been a few instances over the years where it was a little bit weird to try to get somebody into the mode to be yeah. in it or who thought that you were being insincere. Yeah. I mean not. Well, we, and we always do try to
0: just like give a basic explanation of what it is. I don't want people to think that we're just like
2: trapping people into right. like, oh, well, like act like dicks and show listen. how much funnier we are than them. They could listen to one. Before, uh, I yeah. guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh,
0: every once in a while, yeah, some people come on, it's mostly standups who, you know, people have written articles about the Poly Shore episode. Paul right. Short came yeah. on and did not really enjoy the show yeah. and called Sean a homo <laughs> and uh, gave the wrap it up signal after like 10 minutes. I, you know, I don't think it is totally fair to him or the other stand ups who have come on the show and not really enjoyed it. I, You can feel for the most part, they are trying to get to material that yeah. they, it feels more like a talk show environment where they have kind of bits that they have developed that they want to do yeah. or like workshop on the show, which is that's their job. This is like what, this is what stand up is. No one, if, if, if I went to do a podcast or like an improv, I don't do improv, but like a, a show like that. And someone was like, okay, come up here and do a five, a five minutes set. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh fuck off. I don't want like, th- this is a trap. Why have you done this to yeah. me? This is terrible. And I think that's how stand-ups kind of feel when they come on our show and we kind of don't let them do this this stuff that they want. Yeah. And I always feel a little bit bad, but, I mean, it's, all you know, uh, at some point when you're doing the show, sometimes you're in character and you just become a little scamp and <laughs> you, like, delight in uh, frustrating people. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's not really as much people not getting it as much as it not being exactly what, you know, like there's sometimes a clash of just like
2: sensibilities. Sure, yeah approaches yeah well we've also got two people in the driver's seat instead of just one that one could like yeah two
0: people like that are helping tango. each other and like basically playing takeaway from the from the guest it's not fun i like for most guests i don't really understand why they mm-hmm. would like would enjoy being the show being on the show which is to assume that they do which they may not <laughs> um
2: but you Besides the show you write a lot, and you've written yeah. for a ton of different shows, um, like back in the Chris Gethard show, Big Lake.
0: That like, was my first right? real job. Well, I, yeah, I was on a Nick Swartz and Sketch show for a minute, and then okay. I did Big Lake with Chris Gethard, which was a legendary disaster uh, that he has talked about yeah, a lot. Yeah. It was sort of like the formative experience for him becoming a... Uh, King of the losers, or so like, where, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that, not that he, uh, I, well, he has sort of referred to himself that way in yeah. the past, but I wrote just, about
2: him for Art in America. Oh, I, really? I managed to get, uh, the Chris Gethard yeah, show I talked about in Art yeah. in America. I mean, Chris
0: that was King like a that. really traumatic experience, yeah. Him. And like, for a while, I would kind of, you know, hear how, how much it had affected him and think, like, well, you know, it was a, a nice opportunity, you know, like you got to be on 10 episodes of a TV show, that's not a bad thing. But, now, I mean, I kind of get what a pressure cooker it was. He was set up to fail yeah. on that show. Was it
2: supposed to be Napoleon Dynamite? It or was something? supposed to be John
0: Peter. Uh, and then with, like, a week before we were supposed to start shooting, uh, he was fired. Um, and so, Gethard came in, uh, and he was not a great fit for what the role was supposed to be originally. It was supposed to be this, like, finance bro which John Heater would not have been great idea, mm-hmm. But we had also been kind of like writing away from John Heater for a while because there was stuff that he didn't want to do. So by yeah. the time Gethard came
2: in, it was doomed. Mm. Uh, and... Is that kind of fun to watch that go live when you just know that?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially when it's like, it was my first job. I yeah, was very yeah. just like happy to be there. Yeah. But um, Gethard... Had, had we reached a certain a ratings threshold for that show, uh, we it would have gotten 90 more episodes. Whoa. Yeah, that was this model at the time where huh. it, it was a multi-cam show that was produced so cheaply you could make 90 episodes for like whatever, $200. Uh, and, we, you know, the show was a failure. It did not reach even close to that level. Um, but I'm sure Gather got to a place where he was thinking that this might be something he could do yeah, for a no, long time, no, no. and then that was like ripped away from him. And he must have realized at some point that it was never even never had a chance.
2: Maybe it was a teachable moment.
0: Yeah, oh, for him, absolutely. <laughs> I like
2: I I, I know no, I, I have, I have heard of, him like, talk a show, about it. and they, it's yeah. a much better format, I think, for his yeah. <laughs> his, his,
0: oh, then big
2: his personality. Yeah, um, but you also wrote for like I mean, two shows that I think are. Uh, outrageously funny, which are both Danny McBride vehicles, but uh he's yeah, been down and vice principal. I think I've heard them in your intros.
0: Oh yeah, I have used so them. I'm here to collect on Un- the <laughs> I wonder when that is gonna happen. The money. There
2: was a kid- <laughs> <laughs> HBO is serious about this shit. There was a kid in my college who yeah. in our art studios was uh torrenting I think the Sopranos or something. Mm-hmm. And the college got a letter from HBO that was Whoa. like, We're going to shut your internet down. Wow for the campus whoa if this guy does it again and then he did it again he did he got caught and that's they how good the show was. they didn't actually shut it down but yeah. yeah he just couldn't stop yeah i think he was i think the second time he was downloading like carnival or something i'm different like, HBO, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just pristine there's a lot there's of other, other channels out there yeah.
2: yeah but they they were they're were not happy about that but is that um i mean i don't know i'm not a i i write but i don't write like television writing like what is what is writing for a show like Vice Principles? It's a collaborative process, I'm guessing, or how does that work?
0: Sort of. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this anywhere else. They, uh, they're exclusive. Yeah, the way, but the way they do things is very different um, from. No, I have. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, from other shows, they uh, we just churned out scripts, mm-hmm. like sometimes like two scripts a day. For it was a writing staff of four. On Eastbound, it was a writing staff of four people. Uh and uh McBride and uh Jody Hill uh would come in every day and say, like, here's an idea we had for the season or this episode. Uh got you guys take a crack at that, and we would have to produce a script by like two PM. Jeez. Uh and we would each take a quarter of it, stitch it together really fast. Uh, it was just like breakneck pace a lot of the time. Cause they just wanted to see scripts. Yeah. Um And it's really stressful. Like you know, I going in there. I like I expected it to be much more of those laid back, mm -hmm. chilled out. These like southern putting
2: post its up on the wall, moving them around. Yeah, which we would do. We we
0: would scramble to do that for like (laughs) five minutes before we would have to just go write the thing. Um, But that, I mean, I guess it was good just for. Uh, you know, I I write a lot faster now than I did when I yeah, started yeah. on those shows. Vice Principles was a little more relaxed, uh, but a lot of the same people in, is, involved.
2: Is that show done? It was two yeah. seasons. It yeah, it was
0: two and out from the beginning.
2: That's that's fine. It's good to it's good to quit while you're ahead. But that was a that was a gem. Yeah, Vice it was, was. It was real. It was fun to Walt do. Walton Goggins is fucking the best. insane. The greatest.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah i just uh he rolls. my
2: parents think he's a creep because they watched uh justified yeah yeah, yeah my dad loves Justify too. yeah <laughs> i've never uh, really seen it i feel like i would have trouble because isn't um uh the sheriff from deadwood is the main guy right and uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah so that might be hard because he's being a sheriff or something again yeah, to adjust get to him wearing a cowboy hat yeah. and, oh, it'd be very, and talking in the same
0: voice. As
2: opposed to, you know, Danny McBride Except to justified principle. justified just he doesn't
0: talking. it doesn't rhyme as much. <laughs> People said that and that was a weird criticism I saw of vice principals that it was Danny just like playing the same character again. I didn't really feel that way in Vice Principals. No, no, I know, but just I did see that a lot. He's like, uh, I mean, it's it's the same actor. Yeah. So I guess he is using some of the same techniques. But, I mean, he's like a very harsh disciplinarian in Vice Principals. That's his whole thing. Kenny Powers is not that same
2: character. He's got to stick up his butt in the Vice Principals thing. I think it's because it must be his cadence. Sure. It's the way that he... He speaks in such a way that... Right. In the first time that I... But no one says that about Tom Cruise. Hmm. No what you know, when like a... Hmm.
0: When the mummy came out, I mean, that was not the main criticism, the but,
2: Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise's? Yeah. Famously. I thought that was a Brendan Fraser the new There was a new one. Oh. Yeah. There was another mummy? Yeah.
0: It was it, the end of Is it the, the same universe? Uh, no, it was... Universal was trying to launch a... Uh, it was called like the Dark... Crystal. Creatures universe or oh. something like that. Huh. Um, which, which was Tom Cruise uh, in The Mummy. Was The Mummy. Became The Mummy. Uh-huh. Russell Crowe was the invisible man, I think. Benito Del Toro was the wolf man. Uh, Johnny Depp was going to play somebody like the creature from the Black Lagoon or mm. something like that.
2: Oh, but uh, with like scarves?
0: Yeah, The Mummy did so bad that it was the end of the franchise. I just
2: watched a Russell Crowe movie the other night that... Um... I was told was good by everyone in the world. Uh, A Beautiful Mind.
0: Yeah, it just hasn't aged well. Those old (laughs) biopics...
2: Well, I guess it was pretty cool in the middle when uh, Ed Harris showed up, and he was literally a man in black named William with a okay. black hat on, and I got really excited because I started talking about Westworld. You thought he'd be Will Smith. No, oh, I gosh. thought he would be. I thought he would be Westworld, and yeah. I was really amped. And then I guess it was pretty cool that Russell Crowe thought he was um, a spy. I guess that was. But he ends neat. up being fake yeah and it doesn't they're just like he's a he's a genius but all he sometimes he writes on windows yeah and sometimes he looks at um a newspaper and different letters light up right but there's never really anything that tells you what he's gleaning For yeah any of this people are just like he's so brilliant it's insane and i'm like i you know i don't know that was like, a, i just want a little sure knowledge i so, when he went crazy, you wanted I didn't feel that more bad for him. Yeah, I would have so liked to see him do some really long division. stuff. Stop it down.
0: Yeah. To, for him to teach a class.
2: Show me something. In the movie. Yeah, like a MOOC. You know, there's like online classes. A MOOC? Want... <laughs> like a free online class. Isn't that what they're called? Massively online. <laughs> I don't know. MIT class. has them or something. Uh, Anyways, I wanted to learn a little bit. Because I watched another movie before that, another math movie that was called The Man Who Knew Infinity or something. Oh, yeah. I've heard which of was that movie? Pretty good. Okay. And It's, very a, it's math-y. a
0: documentary or? A... Yeah. Uh,
2: biopic. Okay. Biopic. How do you say that? But biopic. 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 Yeah. It's a biopic about this brilliant mathematician from India who's self taught. Oh, hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, um, have you ever found yourself going off the rails on a hazy train?
0: That bad question. <laughs> you don't do this to any other guest that I've heard. I'm
2: not going to play a game with you. I've played a lot of games, but they're oh, mostly okay, art yeah. games and I didn't want to make you like guess the meaning of a sculpture or something. Um, I feel yeah. like that's, un- that's unfair. That's like asking a stand up to come on a show where another host and I try to right. derail them. To <laughs> about it.
0: No, um, that was one reason I wanted to do the show is because you have like a good um, trick here, where you interview artists and comedians, yeah. And I know some of the comedians that you talk to who, who are good, I don't know them personally. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like Brett Davis, uh, Mitra, I think, yeah, yeah, very yeah, Mitra's great. Um, but everyone who I don't, whose name I don't recognize, I just assume is like a
2: cool As an artist, artist. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, the weird and thing vice is...
0: versa for the artists, I'm sure,
2: yeah. The weird thing is, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but whatever. But the more famous artists that I've interviewed who are generally older, uh, at least listen to episodes. Really? Absolutely. But
0: I think comedians probably just like Mm -hmm. the idea of being on a podcast that cool old Mm -hmm. artists have been on. Don't need to know who they are. Nice. Just need to know that they are cool
2: old artists. I could probably get some people who uh, could pretend to be cool old artists that no one's heard of. Who would not? some actors or something like that. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Never really had anybody do bits. I don't know. It uh-huh. seems stressful.
0: Doing bits, yeah. Oh yeah. Try being stuck in one on a show <laughs> for five years.
2: Um, well, I I didn't just want to talk about Hollywood Handbook. I also wanted to talk about um, some of the work that you're doing that I guess is associated with a, a different podcast that you recently launched. That's the LA podcast, but it stems from your interest in kind of raising conversations around, um, from what I can glean is mostly around the politics of housing in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um,
0: the the, the LA, like local media scene is really drying up. Uh, we lost LA weekly. We
2: saw that they like,
0: it got bought out. Um, I actually, uh, at the time they were selling it, I pretended to be an interested buyer, uh, so I could get the um, all the sales materials and like mm-hmm. find out. But I signed an NDA, so I can't really say what the the specs were That's on it. But I got to see all their financials and stuff. Interesting. Um, uh, but they got bought by a consortium of like Orange County libertarians, and Ooh. it has really been a very depressing uh, car accident to watch. Uh, as they they gutted the paper, they have uh, like hired like, like a bunch of freelancers, but tried to get a lot of free content. Yeah, They're just yeah. repurposing old content. If you go to the site now, they have this this pop up ad that's unlike the mother of all pop up ads. When you go to the site, that's like um, a grid. Of twelve of those uh, little ads that are like, you won't believe what this cel- this dead celebrity looks like now. You know, like
2: are they actually content from L.A. Weekly or are they no. like the around no, the web? No, it's like those like
0: outbrain yeah, yeah, from around the, bottom, the web things, yeah. but it's n- this one's not on the bottom. This one covers your
2: entire screen <clears> when you first go to the site. I wonder if it would have uh, every one of those now gives me this black Stetson hat. Because uh, um, I needed to look up Google the, the name. Out. Well, I looked up a really specific, uh, like black cowboy hat because I wanted to use it in a story. Oh, okay. I needed like an over the top, like lengthy. The name. Of it yeah. now gets advertised to you. Know, it's like an eight hundred dollar. Like, yeah. Accessories are
0: really the ones they want you to buy if you even consider if you think about a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you you'll see watches on mm-hmm. your banners for the rest of your life.
2: Um, but so. So, LA Weekly's gone. LAist is gone.
0: Uh, I am really jealous of uh, New York and San Francisco. They kind of have two different things. San Francisco has this whole network of, like, local blogs. Like, like, local politics in San Francisco is huge. It's too divisive. Mm -hmm. People there are, like, psychotic about it. Uh, New York has tabloids. I really wish we, we we had some version of, like, the, the Post and the Daily News. Uh, just For the puns? Yeah. I mean, just, like, the giant yeah. splash on the cover about, like, you know, different shit the mayor is up to. Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't have that coverage in L.A. It's just, like, that we have the L.A. Times... Uh, and uh some like conservative talk radio for on like the the west side
2: that's that, surprising like, i mean in. as a as the like media town that's a surprising thing was because we like,
0: we 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 face out huh. to the rest of the country okay uh and there's a little bit of a not a stigma but you're like a loser if you if you cover just like l a okay. stuff
2: so you started a podcast to do that. Yeah,
0: because I, I mean, I just I I just wanted it to exist. I wanted there to be somewhere, you know, L.A. is like the city where the joke is that everyone has a podcast, but there mm. is no
2: podcast about L.A. I couldn't believe that the L.A. podcast wasn't taken. Was it
0: taken? Well, because it's such a generic name that you can't even search for it. And we're like so, we're like yeah. the fourth result when you search the full name L.A. podcast. Oh. I'm starting to learn about SEO and why. it. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. We have, I have a podcast within this podcast that's yeah. called the DSA podcast, yeah. which that wasn't a thing. As yeah. far as I could tell, it was like the DSA podcast it, it, isn't a thing.
0: It, yeah, it should be. <laughs> I mean, well, there's like 60 other oh, sure. ones.
2: Yeah, but I was like, but just call it, we, if we just call it that, that's what, okay. I yeah. Mean. But it's, it's put out through different feeds. I don't think that we can be, um, they can't sue us. It's for our names. It's no, they can't, Darcy, and they also Sean. don't have
0: the resources or the <laughs> like the, the, the time.
2: Are you a member of the Democratic Socialists of America?
0: I am <laughs> not. Uh, I have like really flirted with it for a long time. Uh, all the, the the Medicare for All stuff is like very persuasive to me. I don't like the, like it's. DSA now it feels is mostly about just uh, like dunking on liberals. Yeah, uh, I think that's why a lot of people came in because it feels cool sure. to Screen be like uh, more radical than your parent or mm-hmm. whatever. I I you know you have all these people that are o- awakening to like political stuff because of Trump. And people saying, like, this is awful, like, we have to do something about this, like, you know, they're like, this is not who we are thing. And what I hear a lot from, like, DSA people is rage at that attitude of, like, no, we have always been this way, you have to admit to this uh the, the like the crimes of our history before you can join our movement and trying to accomplish stuff now i wish we could just meet people where they are and be like yeah you're right this is really bad let's like yeah a little hand
2: holding to bring somebody yes. into the revolution yes yeah. but that's no. not
0: fun and no, that like no. dsa is like a click it's like a it it, it is uh, like not dsa the organization look there's like a lot of on the ground activism that they do. I'm talking about the online culture, but I feel bad for like the 70 year olds that have been like trying to get this movement off the ground forever. Uh, and now these like, like online people come up, uh, just, yeah. Like quote tweeting, uh, and and stuff. And, uh, that these old people, these old socialists are like, well, okay, I guess this is what we wanted.
2: But. I had I made a fake ad on one of the early episodes of this. That was for a thing called Blue Tacron and it was basically just like you could get hot takes delivered, like yeah. or bad takes, rather, yeah. by uh, libs delivered yeah. your inbox screen cap to perfectly fit the Twitter image ratio, <sighs> so you could with suggested burns to quote tweet them. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Hey, folks! Does the idea of having to manually search for bad takes on Twitter, screenshot them, and then optimize them for Twitter's display so you can effectively roast somebody without the risk of mentioning their at, exhaust you? It exhausts me, too. Just imagine if every day, screenshots of bad takes were delivered right to your inbox, pre-measured and accurately cropped to ensure no PNG or JPEG waste. Well, guess what, you don't have to use your imagination anymore. Blue TakeRin is a subscription service that has created a sustainable partnership with far-left Twitter trolls who hate follow liberal media accounts and pundits. They do the hard work for you. Finding the worst takes on every topic under the sun. We bring you higher quality screenshots every day to ensure that you aren't wasting any time or energy. And our step-by-step instructions will identify exactly what is wrong with every take. We guarantee a holier-than-thou roast tweet that will garner your account multiple retweets and favorites. Head on over to bluetakerin.com today and sign up for your first delivery of bad takes. Get roasting!
0: On uh, the just, way here, I saw Bill Russell um, was like thanking John McCain and calling him like an American hero and mm. said, like, thanking him for uh, donating to his charity and stuff. And I was picturing uh, these like rose emoji
2: people. Like, oh, there's going to be a lot considering of stuff. <laughs> dunking on <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: the, the Bill Russell.
2: was uh, <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Ken Burns said something nice about John McCain the other oh, day. Oh yeah, just, they, open it was season, ape shit, open season, ape shit. Which
0: I guess, which was, like you know. Who cares? But like you know, you you don't have to try and persuade Ken Burns. Uh, but I don't know. It's for the, like people that are kind of learning. Yeah. Uh, that I I I worry
2: are being. That's why I think pushed it, away. It's safe for my mom to be on like Facebook, as opposed to right. Twitter. I wouldn't want my mom to like realize something politically and post it to Twitter. Well, there and get annihilated. Right,
0: but, they, but they're they bringing her in the other direction on Facebook.
2: Hmm, I guess so, but no, I think she's pretty, she's pretty staunch. I don't think she can be swayed in that direction, yeah. but it would be, uh, it would be interesting to see my mom and my dad try right. to deal with getting dragged for <laughs> for having the wrong opinion about the missing children from the ICE detaining thing, or, you know, like not yes. the most nuanced take yes. if they don't have that. In right. The <laughs> It's impossible to know who to be mad at or I know. who, or I, who I'm better People were really <laughs>
0: mad about the ICE detainee thing, which is, like, there's a huge amount of misunderstanding and just, like, uh, confusion that goes on when any of these news of course, stories yeah. comes out. Yeah. I don't. I just don't think the, the, the proper reaction is necessarily, like, r- rage and shaming people yeah. for, like, trying to process these things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I have just as many criticisms for, like, the people who are profiting off the, like, Trump resistance and all that shit. There's no, like, really good version of it, which is why. So, look, this is why I wanted to do a local thing. The thing that really set me off was John Ossoff, uh, from uh, Ossoff, whatever, however you pronounce his name. He was running in the 6th District in Georgia. You remember that House of Representatives election that, like, everyone was freaking out about? Yeah. We sent, from L.A., we probably sent $10 million dollars to try and swing that one race. yeah, That was like an early house race for Tom Price's seat. Uh, And after he lost, I didn't donate to him, but I was still kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? Sending all this money out of LA where there's like a, LA is a disaster. LA is like in a, a truly nightmarish situation with like the, the number of homeless people and just like the lack of, how unaffordable it is to yeah. live there and it's getting worse. Uh, and so it was just like, I, I, I can't pay attention to this no, stuff it's, on a national level anymore.
2: No, and that makes sense. And I think it's something that, yeah, you can't, one cannot be cognizant, empathetic and active in every single injustice that exists. Yeah. And if you, instead of spending a shitload of time online, just dunking on everybody, yeah. who has the wrong take. If you focus your energy to try to do something local, even if it's, less glamorous and doesn't get you a whole bunch of accolades of likes or something. I mean, yeah, but whatever, sure. but if you're, but you're addressing things like um, the rapid gentrification of different parts of the city, the, I mean, I, I am not super familiar with LA, but I've been there enough and have frequently stayed downtown um, Yeah, because whatever I was doing was at a, a place that that was, I could walk or yeah. get a very cheap car from there. And it's like, I mean, and I lived in Portland and it was still, I mean, the, I guess Skid Rosie the area, but areas mm-hmm. around there too. I was just like, this is like, this is insane. That this is like, Yeah. and is it just, do the cops come and do like a cleanup and get the fuck out every morning? Yeah, I mean, well, kind of well this is the stack. problem. Is They're like not allowed
0: of, to yeah. like achieve any real stability there because yeah. if you sit down on the sidewalk, you can get a yeah. citation. Yeah, like a Skid Lyle lock. Like anytime thing. they want, they can kind of just uh, like spray people off the sidewalk with a, with a hose. There's a great book. Uh, called "Down, Out, and Under Arrest" that I just read about policing in Skid Row, where this guy embedded himself first with the cops and then with the uh, people on the street, uh, and like really got a sense of wow. how like overeager policing there works and how the police there, a-, a lot of them, not all of them, but how they sincerely think that they're doing the right thing, yeah, because they want to get people into the system uh, feeling like, uh, that. So like, for example, if they see a woman hanging out with like four guys Mm -hmm. on skid row, they will come in and arrest the woman. They will find a reason to arrest that woman because they feel like getting, like locking her up somewhere is safer for her than whatever environment she was in on skid row. Now, that's not true. I mean, that saddles her with all kinds yeah. of problems. You know, that she probably has a two hundred dollar ticket from that. That yep. will yep. only get more and more expensive if she yep. doesn't show up to court or whatever. She'll be in and out of jail for the rest of her life. But there, for some of these people, most of whom come from LA, from like lower income families in L.A. and who know a lot of the people on the street, they think that. Getting them into the system is the right idea. Often you can get those citations cleared by going into a shelter. Huh. Uh, and so they feel like by if you give someone a citation and say, like, get into a shelter and you can get this cleared out. Uh, but I don't know. The shelters are rough, too. It's yeah. just a
2: well, I'm sure there. I mean, I, I would just hazard a guess that there aren't enough beds for the number of people.
0: No, there are. (laughs) I mean, there are virtually no. I mean, there's like three, like a few shelters on Skid Row. Pretty much no shelters outside of that. This is the thing they're trying to do now that City Hall is trying to do is build like a bunch of emergency shelters. There's a huge fight going on. The first one is in Koreatown Mm -hmm. that they're trying to put up. And uh, the people in the neighborhood are freaking out. Huge protests every day. Because they don't want a shelter. They do not want a shelter. They
2: just had that no. not far from here. There's a so we're like where we are in Bushwick, we're kind of yeah. on the border of like Queens wraps around this part of Brooklyn and there's like yeah. Massbeth and Ridgewood or Queens, which are just the next neighborhoods over and yeah, they were gonna build one in Massbeth and people um people just lost their shit. Yeah. And we're like absolutely. I mean it's all like NIMBY stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no fucking way and
0: but I think what you have to do, I mean, this is right. trying to get something like that off the ground. You just appeal to pe- people's better natures. You yeah. just become like a beacon of love and right. Like right, right, acceptance right. and yeah. just say, like, we need to help these people. Like, we, we're doing it all over the city. Everyone has to do their part. Uh, and this you want to do this, too, because you're a good person yeah. and these people are just like you, whatever. And I think Like, I'm- you can't shout them down. I mean, it just gets louder and people just get angry.
2: Well, it's like you said before, though. its I, I bet a vast portion of the people who are participating in DSA, um, many of them do have that disposition. But it, there's yeah. a very loud and vocal contingent who are just shitting on people on Twitter constantly. Yeah. And that's probably counterproductive to... Um, I don't know, I guess it's entertaining. I guess they're comedians in their own way, but in yeah. a way it's kind of like... I mean, it's absolutely preaching to the converted. There's, I mean, there's it's a not, thing,
0: a lot of... Um... Leftists talk about how liberals hate leftists more than Republicans, yeah. mm-hmm. which might be true, but I'm pretty sure the reciprocal is true as well. The thing yeah, that kind yeah, of crystallized yeah. it for me is when Chelsea Manning was caught hanging out with yeah. all those like alt-right people, at and a lot of people, yeah, something. and a lot of people were like, "Well, at least she's not hanging out with Chuck Schumer." And it's like, "Fucking really? <laughs> <laughs> These are Nazis!"
2: Uh, like. <laughs> uh yeah. i don't know yeah, i mean yeah no it's an interesting <laughs> it's an interesting conundrum yeah there is like a because i don't know
0: but that's what brought people in the it's like coolness of it yeah, the cachet yeah. of knowing more than like every democrat yeah. is is cool i wonder if but i don't i don't know i don't think that's maybe why you it's, bring people over
2: well maybe it's coming to it not from actually having maybe it's coming to it in these online circles where it's you're a very witty person but you're yeah. not let's say a a student of comedy yeah so there's like that's when like irony poisoning happens totally like where you don't have you don't have like a, a pop on pop off kind of thing it's like like yeah I, i'll like granted like yeah i think alex jones is funny on a level like right. and i did when i was younger and and now i like it's now i'm it's terrified one, of him. yeah but Yeah, the idea that somebody could, like, be like, well, I respect Alex Jones more than, you know, Kamala Harris or something because Alex Jones, you know... Right. Because he's real or something. It's really, like, like, who
0: are you going to rip on? Who's, like, funnier to rip on? Like, you're going to be, like, an anti-Trump comedian. There's nothing more boring that you could do. So it's people... It's not creatively satisfying Mm -hmm. to... um, hate Republicans. Right. Like, Just like John it's, Stewart. like Yeah. Like, well, that was like played out like, 10 years ago. And
2: it's not... Uh, it's the same thing in art. Like, making an anti-Trump painting is like... Who oh, gives a fuck? God. Like Yeah. Who cares? Yes. You know? Like, I don't know. But, huh. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I think people are... Like, I... I, I do think that it probably... For a lot of the people who are doing this dunking and stuff like that, it probably comes from a place of genuinely wanting to do something good. But I know that there's some people at the upper echelons who are just there. If it were more fashionable to still be an edgelord. Yeah. They would be doing that. Like if that were like a permissible thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're. Hmm. I, I don't know if i'm being very articulate but maybe I understand no i know what, what you're saying. saying i
0: mean and, and this it's all I'm, we're just talking about how this manifests online Literally. which is yeah. that people get like little points yeah. for Literally. how funny their their uh, political statement is mm-hmm. and it's not funny to make fun of
2: trump in like the cool right. circles <laughs> yeah yeah a quote retweet of president trump is pretty boring yeah. No matter what, no matter what dig you take, I guess if it's somebody that people sort of like, and you do it, uh, someone thinks that the craft must be more like honed to be able you, to like take so and so down a peg or two. That I right. thought I admired that person. Right. You know, oh, they're hey, bad.
0: Yeah, and also, <laughs> and also, kind of like, why do it? Because like 500,000 other people are making the exact same joke at the, at the same time. Yeah. So people have to want to find their way in. And it's still at this point more niche, uh, to make fun of liberals. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Once that like, in fact, once that becomes your whole like political ideology, uh, then you just fight all day long.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you become a nihilist. Yeah. I guess, which is, uh, a difficult position to get anything done from, but yeah, you could. And per- this is just
0: approach that I, you know, there's not a single policy. I don't know. Well, I, so I have in housing stuff. There's this whole debate in basically every city of like Yimbies versus leftists, mm-hmm. not Yimbies versus Nimbys anymore. It's yeah. like there, there are all these divisions on the left between people who want to build more housing, market rate and supported housing, uh, and uh, they, they use the term FIMBY now. Public housing in, in my backyard. People who just want uh, socialized housing. Okay. Uh, who don't want the mix. Don't want any more market rate housing, which is like handouts to developers and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so complicated. It's a really difficult debate. Yeah. Which is like new condos in a neighborhood can be bad for gentrification. Like I, I. I believe that. It's like a signal yeah. uh, in a transitioning neighborhood.
2: Yeah, it's that tone home. of gray that the buildings are. Yes. At least here, it's gentrification gray. The just, like, it's young,
0: like white, like, white millennials, like, come in. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're building homes for you here. Yeah. And then the businesses will, on the ground floor will start to evolve, too, and people will start to be kicked out. Mm-hmm. That is very dangerous. Uh, I also don't think, if you're saying 100% supported housing or nothing, you're saying Nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's the same thing as saying, like, n- nothing is ever going to get built.
2: Right, because you're not going to convince, there's not an incentive for a city to, to yeah. I mean, people operate on incentives, right? And if there's not, yeah. it also... We
0: currently live in a capitalist society, and so you're basically insisting to people that are struggling now are about to get kicked out of their homes. Like, well, this is for the greater good, mm-hmm. uh, because like we're standing firm on our demands of... Yeah. of of requiring an entirely
2: new system well does it also because this is the i mean this is the first time that i've heard of the It's ph like yeah FIMB, right public yeah. housing in my record yeah. um i i guess the the question that that makes me think of is i mean aren't they they're describing um housing projects yes which is um and i have no issue with housing projects right. but i'm saying that if your solution is to create essentially areas of concentrated like or, or do, they want, but, well, okay, or do so, they want middle class people to also live in? They want, I'm, basically, I'm like, this, so. yes,
0: they, they want subsidized housing for, like, lots of class, like, up to the middle class, basically. Okay. Like, a teacher, a person with a middle class job can't live in L.A. proper right, right now. They have to go out to, like, Riverside, Orange County, or whatever, commute two hours every day. Um So I I think the argument would be they get a certain stipend to be able to afford their, you know, like a huge expansion of public housing. Okay,
2: so it's not a... um misunderstanding a little bit it's not just it's not people it's okay. not just God. for
0: um like fully supported housing
2: because i was just going to say is the irony of not realizing right that well here's the section thing. off people
0: like right that. but like housing projects have been demonized because they were so like they were intentionally ruined yeah. in the 60s they built a bunch in st louis chicago new york yeah uh, the new york ones have survived but the ones in the midwest just were allowed to fail. They just stopped taking care of them, mm-hmm. and when they went to shit, when they became disgusting and crime ridden and all these things, people pointed at them yeah. and said, "Like, well, this is what happens when you build housing for people," and mm. they exploded them. Yeah, uh, and so I mean, there's a way to do it that works, which is much smaller. Uh, public housing buildings, uh, like peppered in around neighborhoods sure, or people yeah. that are paying for their housing, so yeah. you don't have these like you know ten continuous blocks of right of, right of, um, people who don't have jobs and like whose uh, homes aren't being maintained.
2: Yeah, well, and they're put. I mean, in that that's just sectioning off. And I mean, the more expensive it's make, I guess yeah, you're creating a, a section that you're like, okay, this is where we're going to put this thing that. Um, People in the upper middle class think it's an eyesore or something. Yeah. So they, they section it off. But yeah, if yes. he's mixing. Things, I mean, and that I guess that's the thing, too, is you have to be attuned to uh, the things in your locality to have like a, a nuanced and I guess an approach that admits where compromise is necessary and yeah. where reality checks in. Yeah, because sure. You, it's great to be an idealist. And I do appreciate when people say, you know, we're so we're so under capitalism that we just cannot imagine an alternative and how uncreative is that and all these things and it's like yes that is that's a travesty like i wish that it were easy to imagine a parallel yeah simple solution but yeah but like in the next month or the next couple of weeks it's not about being a neoliberal it's about no. being realistic about like you said the family who it's is really trying today. to
0: find people that are currently homeless and putting them in
2: yeah homes people
0: yeah. like stopping people from being evicted like, I don't think these things are mutually, mutually exclusive. You have to be fighting for improvement of the system as a whole. I, I don't think we have to sacrifice. Like, for example, there are these kind of compromised deals where uh, developers get to build their buildings higher if they build subsidized units in the building, yeah. affordable units. Mm-hmm. It's called inclusionary zoning. Uh, And lots of people on the left, the farther left, do not like that solution because it is allowing developers to uh, to do private development. uh, And it's taking land uh, that could otherwise be used for social housing. But currently, LA does not have any, you know, like uh, New York has a huge um, public housing program, Mm -hmm. obviously, they have like 40,000 units or something. Mm -hmm. LA has zero. Uh, wow. so I would like to see one building, uh, that the city is, uh, like, like putting up and like doing successfully before I'm willing to say like, okay, yeah, we shouldn't build this private development because otherwise it, it could go, right. uh, to LA public housing. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like, if that makes me a neoliberal, it's it is very <laughs> frustrating being called that, and I understand and like a libertarian and all this stuff, and saying that you yeah. just want like unchecked development. Mm-hmm. I just want so this is like the big question that I have not figured out, but right. this is the thing that we have to solve. Uh, so new condos in a neighborhood can raise the the price, like right. like what it costs for people to mm-hmm. to, to live there. So can uh, better schools, so can safer streets, bike lanes, mm-hmm. uh, trees on the sidewalk, amenities that like make a neighborhood better. Public transit uh, expansion, like all these things. How can we improve neighborhoods in a way that won't uh, force people to leave them? Yeah, you know, like how can you like make neighborhoods safe? Like safety is a huge one. Uh, there was a funny tweet like yesterday of saying like, uh, you, uh, just like going out, like you have to go out on the sidewalk and like fire two shots in the air and oh, keep yeah. rents low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was another, there was a great onion article, uh, for like a month ago. Uh, and the headline was, uh, white family resisting gentrification by refusing to live in neighborhoods that aren't a hundred percent white. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, fuck, like these are things that we're dealing with now. I mean, yeah, like as a yeah. white guy yeah. who, you know, I, re- I bought a house in LA recently choosing a place to live. You're like, well, if I live in this mm-hmm. more like mixed neighborhood, I'm gonna make it worse for the people who live there. Yeah. And like you're racked with guilt about that stuff. But at some point you just have to realize there's no way to ethically consume in the system as it currently exists. You can't really blame right. yourself as an individual consumer uh the only really ethical thing to do is leave mm-hmm. is just to go somewhere yes, else yeah 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 um but the you know this it's there must be some way for the system as a whole to change to allow neighborhoods to get better uh to not be segregated to be safe uh for both for for like from people being killed by cars and uh from crime and all that uh, yeah. And not have the rents be so high that people can't afford to live there. And that, that a huge part of that equation is just more units, just building places for people to live at all income
2: levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's I mean, it's part of why it's so difficult to talk about um, like what gentrification is. Because it's a, yeah. a multi-tiered, it's, it's a, it's a lateral like web yeah. of things that happen that some of them do happen in succession. Yes. Like, I mean, I'm hyper, I'm an artist. I'm yeah. hyper conscious of the fact. And, you know, I've been, uh, people out here have been paying a lot of attention to, um, yeah. Boyle Heights. Yes. In LA, which yes. is a big, uh, the community there has basically said like, fuck off. Art it's galleries. a neighborhood that's
0: 98% Latino yeah. where, uh, it was starting to have an intrusion of art galleries. Yep. And there, a group there to start breaking windows. Yeah. As soon as they started showing up, uh, every you know every gallery that went up, their window got smashed. Yeah, yeah. And it has worked. Yeah. Uh, all those galleries are are leaving. They're like very theatrically closing their doors and saying yeah. like, "You won." Uh, but those those people that are fighting back are not wrong. Those right. like, it's not necessarily the galleries themselves that are a threat to them. No, it's no. the system that has like thrown it's a bunch like, of scraps yeah. uh, out there for us to fight over. Uh, and I the 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 fight that I would like to choose to have is uh, just building more like giving people more options for for, yeah. for where to live.
2: Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I think that the thing, yeah, it's the I'm sure that the residents of Boyle Heights, you know, they understandably see an art gallery opening as a, the first thing in like a 10 year process yep. or in hyper gentrification might be a four year process. Yep. I and mean, sometimes it's very, very quick, but yep. clearly that's what that represents. And so yep. I, yeah, I understand the, the flip out and the rage and it's something that's really, um, it's like you said, there's no, I mean, it's, you know, it's a phrase people say there's no ethical consumption under like capitalism. It's the same yeah. thing with where you choose to live or where you choose to have, if you're an artist, like an art studio or where you choose to like blah, 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 and these things. But you can be a a whole human being who's like a good person who still has to, like everybody, you have to ethically make compromises sometimes because yeah. it's just simply, you have to exist and that means consumption. And, but you can be as responsible as possible, but just know that like, yeah, yeah. It's like you said. You either have to go live in the middle of Iowa. Yeah. In like a, which know, you could, sorry, could, that is, is actually
0: not ethical at all unless you don't drive. <laughs> uh, so it, living in uh, Manhattan. Yes. Manhattan is the greenest place to live in the country.
2: Is Brooklyn second?
0: It, it, um, it must be up there. Nice. Uh, because you don't drive. Why would you ever drive anywhere? I do a car. And. Like so living it like off the there's this idea that like oh living in nature right. is yeah, green. It's yeah. not green. You drive no, like no. five miles to yeah, you run have to, any errand. You have to use a lot of shit up. Uh so there's this great new book, The Color of Law, by this guy Richard Rothstein, about how uh segregation in America was basically enforced by our government. People, you know, uh, the government wouldn't give home loans to black people and uh, Latinos especially um, in like all over in cities all over the country and those lines are still, you can still tell today the neighborhoods where people can get loans. Uh, And he was on a panel uh, with some LA people uh, like last year and they were talking about gentrification and he said, well, gentrification isn't bad. And he got is continues to be shredded hmm. for this uh, this poor, who wrote this amazing book that everyone loves. Uh, but and there's another book that says kind of a similar thing called "The Edge Becomes the Center" about New York. You should read this book. Okay. It's about uh, New York and uh, it's about Manhattan and Brooklyn and how it's been oh, gentrifying. I don't,
2: to, I don't need to write it down. I'm recording. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and
0: it's it that also says gentr, gentrification isn't bad. And I think what they mean by that is. Like, a neighborhood being safer is a kind of gentrification. Sure. Neighborhoods being cleaner, uh, better schools. Like, it just means neighborhood improvement. Mm -hmm. Displacement is bad. Right. Displacement is devastating on, like, basically every level. The upheaval that, like, whether or not you become homeless, having to sit in your car way longer every day is, like, a public health crisis that we're dealing with. Uh, not being able to create like bonds with the, like the, the your neighbors and all that, um, displacement is disastrous. So in some neighborhoods we want to achieve gentrification, but not if it comes with displacement. So how do you do it? How do you? improve neighborhoods without kicking people out
2: yeah i mean it's the it's the word that describes the process that depending on who's saying it has a different connotation like i mean i can understand if somebody were to say there are positive elements of gentrification like of course like you said like better schools safer streets and things like that yeah But, but yeah but i think that we are so used to especially younger people who are kind of seeing the way that like our choices and where we live and stuff like that is is actively contributing to something. We automatically, it's a one-to-one relationship between gentrification.
0: No, when people talk, people are not wrong the way
2: they talk about it now.
0: When they say gentrification is bad, they mean because we live in a system right now where it will mean people are getting displaced. They're they're not incorrect to say that. That's totally true. But we also, at the same time, want, we don't want to condemn people who are living in poor neighborhoods to uh, have a horrible education. Yeah. Especially. But a great school is, like, the number one thing that... like That... Your neighborhood is fucked. If you... If you suddenly have, like, a really, really good elementary school, mm-hmm. especially in, like, a woke city where, like, some... Where it has, like, the perfect racial mix oh, yeah, for, yeah. like, uh... For rich white parents that want to, wanna like, insert their kid yeah, into... Yeah, it looks like the cast
2: of Captain Planet. Yes. It's yes.
0: Perfect, yeah. I mean, then... There's just... I mean, you're... <laughs> Your rent is gonna explode, right? Um, So yeah, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you do it?
2: That's the thing. I mean, I'm no scholar on it, but I do know that I've frequently heard that the cities in New York City are some of the most segregated in the United States. I think L. A.
0: is technically most racially segregated. Which, I mean, the neighborhoods are named after not, their competition their case. race. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Uh, Sean said is, cities, but he meant schools. schools. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. Sean um, is an obscenely well, stupid ghoul. I' so we're kind of
2: getting to the end here. And uh, so I want to encourage people to check out the L.A. podcast, especially folks who are listening from Los Angeles, which Great. is my number two demographic. If okay. I, I look at my stats. Okay. Yes, number one, uh, New York. Number two, L.A. Wow. Could you imagine? <laughs> how, how,
0: how, a podcast how, about, how, how, about all commons?
2: Contemporary art. There are two markets. Oh, yeah. Berlin. Oh, Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. Got some listeners. A lot of expats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're just kids from Brooklyn. Yeah. Who took the, the uh, new Brooklyn? Someone, my uh, acquaintance of my name Anna, always talks about the L train expansion from uh, Mexico City to Berlin. It's just gonna go. <laughs> that's when they shut it down. I was in just in Mexico
0: City for the first time, like last <laughs> month, and you walk around like, and there's a neighborhood there that is Brooklyn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there is yeah. absolutely. I know a bunch of people move there, but um, so people should check out the LA podcast. People, you know, if you haven't listened to Hollywood Handbook, please check that out too. Uh, is there anything else that you want to give a shout out to that's coming up, or are those your are those your two babies right now?
0: That is all that I am currently doing. Oh yeah, I was I'm developing this show called Murder Town that you mentioned before uh, the the podcast, which yeah. is just like those things are so boring to talk about because they're just scripts like they're just things that you get paid to write well, I read which about is great because it finances <clears throat> other work. But, I read
2: about that and at first I thought you were in trouble and then I realized that it was a good thing because I heard that you got uh, a script with penalty
0: Oh, and I like, okay. And I was like did yes. you like curse no.
2: in it Yeah, something? I got like, a what? penalty. For <laughs> you got it in trouble for getting your or they signed you but they're like for but, but a there's a few things script. that we don't like yeah. in this and then I Googled what is a script with penalty, and I was like, oh, it's a good thing. Yeah, it it's a, a good thing. It the company that buys it suffers a penalty if they don't follow through on some agreement. If they,
0: uh, yeah, if they don't
2: make it. That's cool. Then you don't
0: get any more money, but the studio oh. gets a little extra money.
2: Oh, well, yeah. they should change the wording because it sounded like, it sounded yeah. like you'd fucked up. Yeah. As an outsider to That's this right. whole thing. <clears> That's right.
0: Uh, and I also just want to clarify, I mean, like, I feel like I don't want to be dumped on too much for like, uh, I'm, I'm scared of like the leftist,
2: uh, I don't, they don't listen to art. Podcasts, clap I don't, don't want to be clapped. Back <laughs> at. Um, I don't know. It's just hard to, um, you know, what, though? it can be one of those things where like, if you think it's about you, then maybe like, that's your thing. I, like yeah, if you're listening right. and you think that you're being talked about, maybe like maybe no, you're it, not. It, it's just sad to me
0: to see, and you know these things have to happen. These like debates have to be yeah. like worked out, and it is it is a lot of stuff that only exists online and is not really
2: real in the yeah. real world. I can't talk to people on the train about this, right? I'm be like, Can you believe that Chuck Schumer is a Zionist? Yeah, to <laughs> be like, excuse me. <laughs> uh
0: yeah when you go out like you try to like do stuff for like homeless people in the real world it's not like twitter people that you're running into Mm -hmm. like like that's like the main area and probably
2: some people who you don't share all your politics yes that's right and sometimes you find a spot to that's right. We'll it's just good. like
0: it's it's enough, It's like a war over scraps.
2: They want us to be yeah, doing this. Oh, be, people love left
0: fighting Yes, to, to just be uh, Yes, to be litigating these like t- these like infinitesimal debates <laughs> that are blown up <laughs> so far out of proportion. Like we, I, we, I believe, people mostly want the
2: same things yeah yeah um well hey thank you so much this has been a a real honor and really fun to have you by uh by my uh apartment and that i'm thank you
0: sean
2: yes
0: yeah this is at is targeted at you (laughs) do better sean
2: uh thanks everybody we'll catch you next week